Before I even start this episode, I just need to state that my buddy Matt, who is going to be featured on this episode in just a few seconds, has met Chris D'Elia, amongst many other famous people. Just want to say, Chris D'Elia, congratulations, podcast is my favorite podcast, and he didn't mention it until after we stopped recording. Welcome back to Classroom Brew. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Classroom Brew. This is episode nine now, which is crazy. That means we've been on iTunes and the podcast app for approximately nine weeks. I think episode one was kind of a weird, just like a a promo, but even still. Um, So if you haven't already, make sure that you're spreading the word. If you could rate and review this podcast in iTunes or the podcast app, that would be great. That helps me out a lot. Uh, Also, make sure you're checking out Classroom Brew on Instagram at Classroom Brew. We do not have a Twitter. However, there is a hashtag for Classroom Brew. Make sure you're hitting that up. And then there's also a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Classroom Brew. The YouTube channel for Classroom Brew is more of a preview. However, I do have some full-length episodes up there. So subscribe to that and enjoy. All right, so this week, got a buddy of mine. uh, His name is Matt, and he is a pre-service teacher uh, so I thought that'd be a pretty interesting uh, perspective. So, Mr. Radio Voice, uh, hey. I, I've got to know about that first. Yeah. But uh, so, all right, well, let's start with that. Okay. So you are a pre-service teacher, but you have experience with radio. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I went to a really great high school that had um, an incredible amount of extracurricular activities. And one was a fully functioning uh, radio station with Radio Tower, Ooh. the whole shebang. Um I'm going to brag. We were award-winning. We were number one in the country a lot of times. Um, I'm going to brag. I won some awards. (laughs) Okay. I haven't talked about it since high school. So I'm going to plug it, man. Yeah. I'm going to peak again. Um, (laughs) But it was uh, a lot of fun and um, never got into podcasting heavily. But uh, thanks for having me on. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Thanks for being on. Thanks. I feel like now we could, like, do you feel like you're going to be inspired and you're going to start your own podcast once you get something going? Honestly, my, I've, it's funny. I've explained the phenomenon of podcasting to my dad. He started a podcast. Really? And he's like, yeah, Matthew, you should be doing this. I'm like, <laughs> all right, dad. Thanks. Thanks so much. It's a, it's, it's a lot of work as far as when you first get going, but once mm-hmm. you start and you can actually focus on like beyond the launch and you just start focusing on enjoying like the, the process, it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's rewarding. When you get the um, logistics out of the way, which people might forget, oh, that's a pain. Um, but you just enjoy the process and the content way more. It's just, Yeah. It's got to be way easier, simpler. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still, promoting is still a pain in the ass, but. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot more fun for me now, especially because I've found some, like, shortcuts to, like, change my process a little bit. That's That's been good. Well, are you are you hoping that this is, like, a, a, a venting platform <laughs> or a place where many other people with an education background or interest in education could come and hear other people process in the same way? Does yeah, that make sense? I, yeah. I think more so the latter. Uh, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think some people already have, there was one actually person that was in, uh, Utah, uh, and they hit up the, the email for this podcast and they were like, Hey, it was really nice to know that I'm not the only one that's exhausted every day in my <laughs> yeah. first year, like things like that. That's pretty hilarious, but good. Yeah. And it's also, it's a great excuse. So like, uh, Beth was on, you know, a few weeks ago and I think it was great for her because she was able to 
see all of us again and because we hadn't seen each other since like graduation sure uh so it was nice to you know it's a good excuse to get together good excuse to connect with people and not feel so isolated and then of course yeah it could be a nice event session but. sure yeah so it, i think it's it's been good it's been cool. good so far yeah. Uh, yeah i only ask because it's just been um trying to find the perfect balance between um genuine interest and just wanting to complain about <laughs> everything it's uh it's a it's a like i said you got to find the perfect in between. But yeah. 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 It's been, but it's been good. It's been a nice, cool. No one has like offered any like bad input as a result of the way that we're trying to balance it. So that's, that's good. If you hear cans uh, bouncing around, uh, <laughs> the host is trying to get me drunk. Well, there was, so I actually, I had to, unfortunately when I was listening to myself on the MP3 before I uploaded it for last week, mm-hmm. or maybe it was two weeks ago, there was like a car alarm that went off. <laughs> and so I was driving and I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> shit. Um, so that's kind of just background noise. Yeah, it's there's going to be background. It's ambiance. It's, it's his, not a perfect studio. His neighborhood is um, different. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the heart of. It's like the weirdest like urban suburban it's, combination. It, it's a very perfect hybrid for sure. It, yeah, it's. I it's, mean, I'm coming down from Lakeview, and yeah, it'll be different. Yeah, this far south, it's just uh, <laughs> okay. It's, it's not yeah, my, not yeah. my place, but yeah, yeah. It was cool. an adjustment, especially from where I used to live when mm-hmm. I was in the city, and then. Yeah switching to commuting from the suburbs and now I'm back here. It's sure. It's, it's weird. It's an adjustment. Well, cool. But yeah. So, um, honestly, I remember when I was in, uh, cause we're, we're we were in the same program. You were, mm-hmm. uh, just a year behind. We met in my second year. You were in your first year, mm-hmm. uh, which has a whole lot of struggles in that program. We won't focus too much on that, but sure. I remember I had a lot of like fears as far as becoming a teacher. I think everyone does. Yeah. But, like, some of those would include, like, not being able to prepare enough content or, like, kids wouldn't be able to digest it because I gave them too much. Um, plenty of fears that I won't go into because I'm sure I'll have time to talk about it on this podcast. Yeah. But um, you're one semester away from your official full-time student teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you done your, your practicum yet? No. Okay. Well, so that remind me of the definition of practicum. <laughs> it's been a yeah, long it's, day. It's kind of a weird. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. has. Uh, it's this weird type of part-time student teaching that our type of program does just to make sure that you're invested in it, you'll like it, yeah. and it gets you hours. I think you only officially teach like a handful of times, and mm-hmm. then you, you hand the class back over. Like You're only there like a couple of days a week, yeah. tops. So my schedule's kind of been thrown off, so my understanding of like or you know how it's supposed to go has been not the way that not the, the perfect timeline. So that's why I'm, I'm asking for clarification, but, um, no, I have not done it yet. Uh, I've heard people talking about it and, uh, honestly, I mean, I'm kind of excited. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I can go into like the whole reason, like the whole background of how I got into this whole thing. Yeah, um, please do. So I was a philosophy major undergrad. I had switched my major six times in undergrad, which, um, I could have done more. I, I wish I would have. Um, Six and you could have done more. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, God, I have to I have to settle on something. I'm just going <laughs> to go with this professor just because. What, I, were, what were all six of them? Okay. So I came in as a double major um, in music and business because I wanted to own a venue. <laughs> and I thought, well, studying music and business is the same thing as owning a concert hall. Um, I was 18. Um, the next one was like creative writing. And then the next one was like poetry and then English for a little while. And then, um, English was too hard. It was was hard for me. Harder than poetry. 
Yeah, because I think that one actually took real work. Um, <laughs> all the po- we just lost all the poets. Yeah, we just lost the, the two poets that are working poets <laughs> yeah. that might have heard about this. Um, they have enough money for you know the podcast app go. and exactly. streaming. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, poets. You, you do good work sometimes. Um, <laughs> but then I was just like, I have to settle on something. I almost transferred schools. And then the professor was just like, you know what? He's the only one that I trust. So I'm, gonna, I'm landing on philosophy. Didn't really like the philosophy major. If I would have, I would have done one more time, it would have been history and I would have been settled on it because I had finally taken university level history courses and they were the, it was the most amazing experiences of my life. It was mm. definitely the classes that I remember the most and there were only two of them, but they were awesome and life changing. Um, cut to my last semester of school, a week and a half or two weeks before I graduate, I'd go to my history professor and I'm just like, you know, I have this interest in teaching high school history this very specific dream I have of teaching high school history in <laughs> a private like, school. He's so, probably like, why? Yeah, he, well, he's <laughs> like, you know, there's a program's exactly meant for that. Um, so I've, I followed up on it and um, I got to where I was and I had taken a semester off from graduating to master to grad school. And uh, so that's like the kind of the, the way I took, that's how I've gotten to where I am. Um, but along the lines, there was a lot of doubt about sure. what the hell am I doing? What the, what the fuck am I walking into? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's my own, I'm projecting, but I was a horrible student in high school. I didn't care about college till my last, my till care about school till my last year of college, like mm-hmm. horrible kid. Um, do you have good grades at the time? No. Okay. Uh, when I was graduating college, I did when I was mm-hmm. started taking it all more seriously, I did, but, um, I, hated being in school. Both of my parents are professors and it was like, mm, okay. it's like the pastor's kid. It's like the, yeah. you know, the psychiatrist kid, like they're the most right. fucked up. You're probably the first, uh, pastor's kid or, you know, professor's kid that admitted like, Oh yeah, I, I was definitely doing the opposite just oh, to fuck around. My mom would regularly say, I'm a professor. Why can't I help my own son? Cause I was just such a little <laughs> shit. So it was sad. It's sad. I'm sorry. It's a little sad. Um, took a dark turn right there. Mm-hmm. But, no, it makes sense though. Yeah. So it, it was, uh, it was a big learning process, but then, I realized at the end of the day, like, God, I really love learning. And, um, I kind of joke that I'm going into the family business, but, um, it's, it's a really great thing that I'm, I'm very happy. I'm pursuing it now and it's a different perspective, but part of me was like, am I just going to have kids like me who just don't care? Cause I know <laughs> what I'm like and I wouldn't maybe, have, you know, wanted to be around that or I'm just gonna, is every kid going to be horrible? So as far as fears go, I, um, I'm lucky enough to have gone to a school where, I still have a relationship with um, one or two of my old uh, teachers from high school, especially doing radio. Uh, the guy was just have a good relationship, and he a lot. Like I went back and I visited, and these teachers let me spend a whole day just shadowing okay. and watching. It wasn't even I wasn't getting credit for it. I wasn't I wasn't in the program yet. I was just like I want to see if this is what I really want to do. Uh, and it was really cool, and I probably pestered them a lot. But one <laughs> teacher gave me really good a really good perspective. Is like there's two kinds of teachers. There's one that love the content and get really enthralled in that, and the second one is the ones who are there for the development of the kids. Right. And that was kind of hard because I'm part. I'm partially more like I love the content so much, like I love geeking out about it. And one of my worries is, are kids going to be interested as much as I am? Yeah. How do I make the awesomeness of the cold war that I can, you know, listen to and watch documentaries and read about forever. Right. For the kid that walks in 15 minutes late. And yeah. Like, Fuck this. And, and yeah. Um, so that's kind of been a hard adjustment 
kind of thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, you, in this program, you're taking these education classes, you're taking these like things and practical things. Another huge part of it was I wanted to be practical. I wanted to do something practical with my life philosophy. I had to get a master's and then a doctorate in it to do anything practical within that. So I was like, I need to be practical. <laughs> and so this has really helped me seeing the practicality of what education can do. Hmm. Um, even if you don't have the immediate impact of results, you have hope and faith. I made that might sound super cliche and super <laughs> idealistic. And like, I might sound like an idiot. Someone's rolling their eyes, but y- you, I, I, from the classes I've taken, there's some hope that it's working, that it, there's something coming sure. out of it, you know? Yeah. And again, I might be idealistic and I haven't spent time in a classroom, but that's the kind <laughs> of like, I think if you have that kind of a meta belief about, so like at a certain point in some of our courses in undergrad and graduate school, there's a moment where we're just like, this is just complete bullshit sure. with what they're, but I mean, there's a, there's a difference between the over idealist and the realist with a hope. Because if, yeah, you yeah. if you don't have that at all, like there were some people in our program that I don't know if they're they're still there or whatever. You said mm-hmm. a few of them aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were a little too cynical early on, and it yeah. was like holy shit. Like I think I'm a pretty cynical person, mm-hmm. but compared to them, I like I I must be like the rosiest you know yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. guy in the world. Oh, t- you're telling me. I mean, like yeah, <laughs> I uh, I'm not an idiot to know that there aren't hurdles in administrative problems for example or parents might it might be hard but i think overall the i i don't know if you thought about this if maybe i'm just in my head about overthought it but like why go into teaching and like what am i trying to do and for me a huge thing was like i just want kids to be able to like read the newspaper or like watch the news and know what the hell is happening i feel like that's enough for me well and especially our program really emphasizes i don't i don't think they meant it as the that white savior mm-hmm. bullshit, but mm-hmm. it was clearly this sort of go into the inner city and, and do some sort of a change. Yeah. You know, which I get what they're, where they're coming from, but at the same time, it's crazy how you kind of buy into it after a while, because that is ultimately what I do want is to go to, like I get to, I took a job at a school that's really, they were struggling the past mm-hmm. few years. Uh, because I think with like disciplinary literacy and building those skills, because that's what I'm actually passionate about, they can start to use those analytical skills, those argumentative literacy things yeah, yeah, yeah. to rise above it. Whether it really happens or not, mm-hmm. not really sure. Yeah. And that's, you know, that was another hard thing because I, I had wanted to teach in like a nice and like a private Catholic school. Like that was my, my dream job was like a somewhere very affluent. Cause that's where I went to high school. Like I was lucky enough to go to a very affluent district and all that kind of stuff. And like, um, that's what maybe I was comfortable with, but this whole idea of like going in and, you know, fixing the problem in a broken school or something like that, or, you know, like do the right thing yeah. or, uh, um, <laughs> stand and deliver like kind of, yeah, 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 yeah like that. It was never my, like I'm gonna be Morgan Freeman and stand by me. Exactly. Just, just yeah. Fix all this uh, shit. I never thought that would happen. Yeah. But um, I'm trying to. I'm hoping I'm staying on the right trail. Like I'm staying <laughs> on the path here. I'm like, hey, it, not it going would not the be. Rails. It would not be the first time this podcast has yeah. gone off the rails. Um, <laughs> but as far as fears go, yeah, just like I, I you know, I don't want to project political views mm-hmm. onto students. That's a huge worry 
of mine. Um, well, see, I don't know if that's so much uh, as long as you're not indoctrinating them. But yeah, I I don't think you need to be apolitical all the time. I think it's okay to show that human side as long as you're acknowledging the other side. So like that, you, yeah, you can that be, might be the hardest part. Yeah, it, it is because yeah. there's also the students that it's it's hard to if I allude to something or just like insinuate something. Um, let's take something that's kind of removed. So if we're doing like the trail of tears and I think mm-hmm. it's more of like a, a leftist view to say that Jackson was in the wrong for Indian removal. Now it's more mainstream, but back then. Sure. Sure. To highlight the right, there's those kids that still believe with the left. And so they, they don't realize you're just playing devil's advocate or trying to be impartial. And they start to think, Oh, this person's it's kind of hard to not, cause you don't want them to think that, it's so hard not to just say something related to the current political climate right now, but yeah, 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 because yeah. you don't yeah. want to seem like you are what they ultimately oppose, mm-hmm. because you want them to realize that you are in their boat with them. You recognize their best interests. You're hoping, you know, for the good change that would benefit them rather than the negative progress that we've seen. Yeah, so it makes it hard to recognize the other political end of the spectrum mm-hmm. when, for them, that might be their father losing their job or they don't have health insurance or maybe they're homeless now. It's hard to still show that mm-hmm. without tipping your hand about what you believe because you're going to alienate yourself. Yeah. Uh, then I, that's, that's so I, it's totally understandable and it's very hard to speak. It's hard to even have a conversation without understanding how you stand on something, you know? Um, so in teaching, that's going to be a whole different beast oh, yeah. for me. But, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you ever had this experience, but I having those professors where you couldn't tell where they leaned <laughs> in any way. Yeah. You know, there, there's a like a. I think it's Aristotle where he's like, the goal is to like entertain an idea without ever believing in it. Like that's <laughs> one of the. That's one of the hardest. That's yeah, but it's yeah. the it's where it's, the greatest learning and understanding comes. It's from. the goal, yeah, because that means that you can at least understand it holistically, completely, yeah. and that might give you an even better objective view of it. Yeah. And again, or in this current political climate, it it's too polarizes hard. yourself more. Exactly. Yeah. If so. you don't if you don't have a stance, you're polarizing. Um, yeah. Exactly. Like you said. Uh, so as far as like what I'm hoping to do with teaching, what I'm hoping to get out of it, what I'm hoping to contribute or do or fear or whatever, like yeah, that's kind of a <laughs> all encompassing kind of way of putting it. Yeah. So like I know I've. I've asked some elementary teachers and some high school teachers. And for some reason, um, this is one that has come up time and time again. And actually, have you read the Paul Dolaner book? How would you handle it? No. Okay. Uh, I think it's, it might be on my shelf. It's basically this, this guy, we met him once in grad school and it's all these situations that real teachers have encountered. And you're trying to, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just like a, like one of them is, uh, or he, this might've been a discussion that he asked us, but he said, you're in like a silent study hall. You have to fart and you're the teacher. What do you do? It's like stuff like that. Um, do you have like a very practical, like, so one of my big things, one of my fears that I had from the, how would you handle it happen in week one? Do you have uh-huh. one? See, that, For that one in particular, I would hope there's a kid who would take the fall from me. <laughs> You just make eye contact like, like, I need you. Dude, I'll pay you 10 bucks. Just <laughs> 20. Fuck it. There's uh Peter was, yeah, Peter was saying it. So like not in a study hall, mm. but his, 
way of handling it if he had to fart was he would just dust crop and then blame a student like without even like asking for consent. So childhood trauma is cool. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's, you know, it's casual. Yeah. Um, you know, those pre-service fuck ups. Mm-hmm. You might as well if you're, you know, a student. They'll never see you again, right? <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because, well, see, I went, I student taught in a much different climate than I'm teaching now. So yeah. they, they can, they're good. They're, they're good. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what was, see, I already lost my, my training. Sorry. Line. Sorry. Yeah. No, see, that was me. I did that. Okay. You're talking about week one. Week, that's one right. of the challenges that you uh, encountered. Right. So teaching in a psych facility, I thought I had seen it all. Mm-hmm. Day, and this is day two, I'm sorry. Student that wasn't there on day one, all the teachers were like, oh, you're so lucky. That makes day one so much easier. Mm. This kid walks in and goes, who going to fuck the bitches up? And he points to himself. <laughs> like a fucking ass. Cool, um, man. Yeah. Yeah. Had no idea how to handle it at the time. I don't know if I handled this well. But it was just like a get take take five go get some water do yeah, some yeah, shit yeah. like that. Wow, that that's um. What are you what are you supposed to do? Like oh, what? It's unreal. Because well, do you want to be that asshole that's like, okay, well, um, you know, that's not right and all this stuff. Like I'm new and I'm here to be pushed over. Like I don't think my students actually know that I'm a first year teacher. Oh, there you go. Like I've said from like I haven't like lied about it. Uh huh. I've said yeah, it's my first year. At- I don't like that's, to. That's the trick at yeah yeah at that's school. Yeah. Oh, I just said the name of my school. Uh, I'll just I'll just bleep that part out. Cool. Post production. That's a good thing. Hey yeah. Where was I going with that? Oh yeah, I've like said it, but like there was one student that was complaining about another teacher saying, yeah, you know, she's a first year, she doesn't really know how to handle things, and I just kind of you know schooled her a little bit. And he was like saying this to me. This is a student I have a good relationship with, mm-hmm. and I was like, um, we'll just say his name is Bob. Bob, what what year of teaching do you think I'm in? He's like, I don't know, like four or five. I'm oh, like, no, no, that's a huge. No. Yeah, I was like, thank you, uh-huh. but uh-huh. no, this is year one, buddy. Yeah, especially the climate change. I like prepared myself as much as I could. Mm. A lot of times in my school, I feel like I'm teaching back in the hospital, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, but it it has a lot of similarities. Yeah, that's uh, it's got to be hard. That's got to be. It's um, it's challenging. It's sure. It's, rewarding some days other days i come home like i'm not coming back uh-huh uh, i think everyone has but well, yeah. now you're the one fucking up all the bitches so hey <laughs> the direct quote there's hey, yeah there's another uh one of the things i've talked about on here a lot is weird sayings that students have um like put the beat up whatever that fucking means i can dig it yeah um i don't even remember uh, there's a lot of things it doesn't even make sense grammatically one okay this isn't what a student said but when i was a kid i was i was a boy scout as a kid okay and we were like the older kids at this camp and it was, <laughs> the boy scout badass yeah well we were no um <laughs> and there was younger kids there and this was right around when carlos mencia came out like this was, okay. was a yeah. huge deal it's like the, the the horribly insensitive catchphrase he used to do the did da yeah horribly I, oh my god i remember that horribly that just brought back uh, insanely like... bad but one kid in the in the camp, I heard him yell it. He butchered it so badly, but he bullied a kid so badly. Oh, he goes, <laughs> he goes like, and it was he like stuttered with it. It was so awful, and I feel like that kind of applies to what we're talking oh, about yeah. because it was it was a catchphrase you just didn't get, but he but he got it out there. Yeah, you see where he was coming with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm picturing when we say like the badass Boy Scouts. Like, did they have? What's that scarf thing called that the, the um shit what the fuck is it called 
the sash or the the one that goes around the, the neck the neck thing yeah i think that's a, a necktie or a scarf that we call it yeah okay i feel it's like they're gonna put that to the side just like a hat mm-hmm. and then like they wear their sash low Absolutely, like their pants yeah. that's that's the it's more of a cumberbund that, yeah. at the end of the day yeah. yeah so the cumberbund boy scout uh boy scout badasses mm-hmm. the triple b we were the, we were the uh we were the gentleman's patrol the gentleman's. Our... Did you actually say that? Before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, That's what we awesome. called. Everyone in high school was in the gentleman's patrol, and we wore tuxedo t-shirts to meetings <laughs> instead of uh, button-up shirts. I didn't have sex for a long time. Let me just put <laughs> it like that. You don't get much classier no. than that, though. That's worth it, right? At the age of uh, fifteen, yeah. <laughs> At the time, you're yeah. Like, oh, shit. Cool. Damn. Anyway, wow. The I never thought it. we'd get to political climate. Uh, that uh that took a really weird turn yeah it's like it's like a twitter post right now that's what we're like sure yeah can you believe he gets more characters Uh now he doesn't need more care like he's gonna do four tweets anyway why what was it before 140 characters or something like that now it's 280 a straight double why like all twitter did was give him more firepower it would have been so cool if they gave everyone double tweet characters Except, Except for him. Yeah. I love the employee that um, on their last day, um, like, suspended his account. Oh, really? It was their last day. And for, I don't know, maybe <laughs> an hour or two, it was uh, Trump didn't have an account. And it was uh, pretty hilarious. And someone tweeted out a, a, a gif of uh, Peggy Olson from Mad Men walking out of the <laughs> office with her box smoking a cigarette. It was it was hilarious. How did what was the backlash? Like, I feel like he probably he didn't say anything about that uh, suspension. He, he didn't tweet about it. He probably wanted to keep the only person he doesn't want to offend is Twitter. Like, yeah, right. like, like what? Oh it's his main avenue. When he has something to say, when he's on, you know, his golden throne in the morning. I do try to keep a timer in social situations for how long it'll take for us to get to the political climate with any <laughs> doesn't person. Take well, doesn't take long. What, 20 minutes? Uh, 26 minutes okay. and like 13 seconds. Cool. But take off a few minutes. We'll ta- we, I'll, we I'll accept it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, it's, it's going to happen. That's good. He's everywhere. Uh, he is. I. <laughs> it's hard to talk about. Um, <laughs> I honest. I, I This is going to sound super unpopular. I still feel like you have to respect his followers and I still feel like you have to respect what they have to say um, because there's reasons behind what they have to say. Yeah. You have to, you have to empathize, which is different from sympathize. Exactly. So I think a lot of people forget that. And um, being blindly pissed off all the time um, is so hard. Hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's so hard. You just like, you know what? They have something to say. Let me just hear them out. And they wore me down. I don't agree with it. Right. 99% well, of the time. And honestly, like I have a buddy that I know he voted for mm-hmm. Trump and I disagree, but I really, I was like, Hey, after the election, I was like, let's have a beer. I want to know. I'm not going to even say anything. I'm going to do my best not to react. I just want to know. Yeah. I mean, what's been really hard currently has been all the, and it's not even political, but it has turned political. All of the allegations of sexual assault that have come out. Yeah. And seeing the blind loyalty of the fucking GOP. Mm-hmm. And in Al- I'm gonna, I was talking to him, Ryan, before. I love politics, so I have a <laughs> lot of strong feelings about all this. Roy Moore could still win in Alabama. That's totally 100% possible. And that, that, shouldn't, like, that shouldn't surprise people. Mm-hmm. What is surprising is that a place, a state where Trump won by 28 points, Roy Moore is only leading by three. 
that's insane. That is a it, in terms of like yes, the fact that Roy Moore is winning is abhorrent considering what he's done, and he's a pedophile and he's a monster. But he's only winning by three points. That is horrible news for a Republican in that Fair. state running against a Democrat. Like that's yeah. ugh. It's great and awful at the same time. Okay. I feel like I have even like were you as let down by Frank Underwood, the worst political scandal, Kevin Spacey? Mm-hmm. Like terrible way for him to have to come out. That, that was a great Billy. Speaking of tweets, Billy Eichner tweeted, um, Kevin Spacey just came out with something that's never been done before. A bad time to come out, <laughs> which was amazing. Really funny. <laughs> but continue. Yeah. I love Billy Eichner though. Yeah. He's, um, he's great. It's crazy how much or how, uh, dissimilar he is to his characters mm-hmm. like on parks and rec. And he's like, I yes. want to go on horses. And, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. like in his, his interviews, he's like, yeah, my name is Billy Eichner. Like, he's just so he's like calm. Great, and yeah. 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 What a letdown. I just, I wanted to believe in Kevin Spacey because he's just been so great for forever. But now I don't know how to feel about him. Horrible. Not because I'm upset that it's happening because it's uncomfortable that it's happening, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be happening. Mm. Um, how many more accusations have just been coming out? Yeah. I'm not sure though. It like, Against him in particular, yeah. It's upsetting that all of this is surfacing, but at the same time, I'm glad Mm -hmm. that... Because in the past, people would have been scared because nothing would have come of it. It would have just gotten... You know, they would have been shamed or whatever. They would have been blamed for it. Absolutely. And now it's it's like they have more power because more people are coming forward. Um, I almost had a heart attack, by the way, because there was something about uh, Tom Hanks. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was it was uh another woman comes forward accusing tom hanks of being nice and i was yeah. like oh thank, thank god. god also so true great onion article yeah. yeah right um i'm half convinced that we the united states are the only country that has uncomfortable conversations about race mm. i and this will tie in in a second so bear with me um from stories i've heard from other people that have traveled abroad and from my own experiences like people are just they can just be awful like the most racist person i know is my grandmother from another country because she's never like spent the time getting into the depths of like racist racist culture and what racism does and the everything so if we have to have this awkward conversation again we'll have it and it'll be hard and it'll happen forever and years and years and it'll take a long time to come to some sort of agreement and then we'll have the awkward conversation again and it'll yeah. It's very Hegelian in that way. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how many other countries are having this conversation. Yeah, I, would, I don't even... How many other cultures internationally are are putting on blast, for lack of a better term, yeah. their cultural heroes um, and people that they 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 matter, that matter to them. I'm a huge Louis fan, so this has been a pretty hard... Yeah, oh my, yeah. That, was, that was really... I, oh. I don't know if I have to say I was a huge Louis fan, but... Um, <laughs> well... It's kind of like Michael Jackson is because like, yeah. we all knew no. at the time, but there was not enough evidence. And now there is evidence, oh. but people still play Thriller. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. he's such a great artist. Like if it's OJ Simpson, you think of the murder before you think of Absolutely. Heisman Trophy. But with Michael Jackson. Yeah. Especially from our generation. Yeah. Right. Right. And then with Michael Jackson, it's a oh, great performer. He He gave it all. Mm-hmm. They don't think about the fact that he's a pedophile and exactly. molested children. Even even a few months ago, the women that had come forward um, about Trump uh, did not get the same kind of weight or the right. same kind of... Uh, they didn't get heard, it, heard in the same way. 
This is the uh, the the pageant models, or there's there's Take a lot of groups. Pick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's talk about a horrible person, but there's so many feelings about this. So many feelings. <laughs> we could easily go for it. And that could be a separate podcast, not just a separate yeah, episode. Absolutely, and I hate that. I hope we're not mansplaining uh, our frustration. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Ah, shit. We're just we're trying to work. Our best. We're just trying to work through it. It's still tough, though. I didn't even realize. So, like, I didn't really think that bullying existed. I thought they were just assholes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like two people in school. It wasn't until I started teaching that I really saw, you know, the bullying element. So issues like, um, you know, like like don't hit a woman. Yeah. Ta- told that from day one. I had all sisters growing up. I knew that from day one. It was just like, oh, yeah, you, you just don't do that. It's just crazy, though, because you don't think it's a problem, and then you see it somewhere else, and you're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. It, it, it's your norm, and then you're like, what the hell? Haven't you guys... Weren't you guys raised the same way as me? Don't you guys know about like <laughs> yeah, exactly. what you're supposed to be doing? Exactly. That's probably like the most uh, like privileged belief that I've had in my life, but it's a shock. Yeah. And I mean, I what's so funny to me is like, I don't know. I don't know how personal I want to get, but I was raised by... Like a majority of my time as a kid was raised by I was raised by three women, mm-hmm. um, two women who were who emigrated to this country, and my mom was born in Chicago and she's from the area. Um, parents were divorced. But I saw my dad all the time. He was always in my life. Okay, it's fine. But most of my time was raised around uh, at least one to three women at all times. Uh, and the whole idea that like uh, women couldn't do anything or that like the you know sexist notion of like you know, a man had to do it for, I had never been raised with that idea. <laughs> I, I don't even, I didn't even want to think about them as strong. It was just like, this is just what you do. You work really hard. Yeah, You're right. a human being. You just have to do that. Yeah. Um, and I, maybe again, maybe that's a privilege that I grew up with that, but that's sure. where I'm going to end it on. <laughs> it's, it's politically tricky. Um, like I said, awkward conversation, Yeah, but I don't know many other places where we'd have this awkward conversation. Yeah. Not because well, the we, only the only way to do it is clearly is to, on classroom brew, yes. having a couple beers or whatever. Exactly. Uh, I'm also three beers in. There so, you go. Um, bear with me. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Hey, if you've got to re- refill, feel free. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Well, so that's why you should do this podcast because the the host is very generous with the beer. <laughs> For those of you listening that uh, want to be on, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Well, so today was um, report card pickup yeah let's talk mm. about it. let's let's uh what the fuck is that oh boy so basically the entire district has a day for well there's there's separate days for the different grade levels but mm-hmm. at the high school level it was today and so all the teachers are in one room and you're set up at tables there's only a handful of outlets so there's like one power strip and you gotta get an extension cord and then run it all the way across the room and you sit there all day we started later in the day but we went way later into the evening uh, to allow for parents to come, but parents and their children hopefully come and pick up their report card, and then from there they can take a look at all their grades from the first quarter, mm-hmm. and then all the teachers in one room, you can talk to whoever you need to. Okay. So my school's got a few hundred students enrolled, so small school. I had maybe fourteen, fifteen uh, families for students, so fourteen to fifteen students worth of families actually come to talk to me today, which is an abysmal number. Part of it might be I, I have a really good failure report. Not a lot of kids are doing poorly because uh, I have a very restorative, you know, system of getting assignments in and things like that. But 
terrible attendance. There's clearly a lot of students that needed to come and, you know, talk with me with their parent. Would have been great. The unfortunate thing is a lot of these parents aren't in a position to, you know, give up work for even that short amount of time. Or I'll say it. There's some parents that they don't give a shit enough to invest that time in their kids. And then there's this unfortunate cycle. And so the kid gets worse because, well, they don't give a shit. So if I do poorly, it doesn't matter. And they made it okay. And it's, it's awful. Uh, the good thing is for the parents that do come, they're awesome. Some of them are students that they really needed to have a parent teacher conference, you know, during report card pickup. Others, they're the students that you're like, Hey, you're, your child's a joy to have. They're doing great. Uh, here's their updated grade. It's even higher than it was when you had the, the report card. Uh, the stand. Sorry, we're fine. Sorry. You can always tighten it here on this thing. Oh, that thing. There you go. Cool, we're good. That's that uh, that Amazon stand. Oh, hey, it works. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been uh, trusty. Totally. Yeah, so, I mean, you have, uh, there's a very big gap between the students that their parents are going to come and they have a good environment. And so they don't necessarily need that intervention at the you know end of a quarter versus the students that you're like, please have your parent come so that I can tell them all the things we need to fix and the mm-hmm. things that we can, you know, highlight saying you're doing great with this, but, um, in a perfect world, they would all come, but not so much the case. My big thing was that I, so we were at one of the, you know, those lunch tables that could fold up. And so it was just like the, the benches on either side and it yeah. was one piece. That's what we got. So we each got one of those. Okay. My back, it, I'm not even that old, but <laughs> my back is killing me. Sure. Like it was brutal. Um, God, this is the most adult conversation I think I've ever had. I know, right? We were, I felt so old. Like <laughs> I got out of my car and like, I have a, a briefcase. It's that one right there. And it's got the uh-huh. strap. Um, I felt so old carrying it by the handle because I didn't have the energy to just like sling it back over yeah. my shoulder. Um, yeah, I looked and felt old. Uh, one of my jobs is in retail and I stand for like seven to eight hours a day. Like yeah. hard, man. It's that yeah. sucks. Yeah. That must, that must be hard. I, I discovered early in my retail and, uh, I, I worked in like a, a gym in a couple positions. Mm-hmm. I discovered early on that I cannot do positions where you are not allowed to sit for more than like your 15 minute break. Can't do it. Like, I don't know if I have a problem with my feet or my spine, but it just, my body doesn't function that way. Fair. Yeah. If I'm moving around like teaching, sure. I barely sit down, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason in a retail job, especially like middle of the week in the summer, no one comes in. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Like at that point, just, just let me fucking sit down. What's the fucking point? Yeah, exactly. Why are you making this harder on us? Yeah. I, I even had, um, he wasn't a boss, but he was like a higher up. Mm-hmm. I was uh, working, this was a summer job in a hardware store. And we hadn't even. Did you say hardware, like uh, tools or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And uh, I worked in lumber for two summers. Like a loader, it was like forklift, all that stuff. Which, by the way, felt like driving uh fucking bulldozer in a china shop with some of those aisles because they're so small but sure um yeah i was i was sitting just kind of relaxing after i had done like my stock for the day in my department and uh trying to relax and i i'm pretty sure the day before i this was that year a wrought iron bathtub 
had dropped onto three of our feet because we were loading it by hand and it slipped. So my feet hurt for fuck, sure. Yeah. And he sees me. He's like, you on a break or something? And in my head, I was like, you go fuck you yourself. Piece of shit. Like, you fucking the lift you the shit next time. My God. That's Don't. like yelling at the fat gym teacher. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fat gym teacher yelling, run fast. Like, Piece it. <laughs> oh, I have so many stories about my... I don't want to tip off you know, who my gym teacher was, but if any of you guys know me personally and went to high school with me, you know the guy swinging the keys around and saying, are you serious? And yelling at us to... Our gym teacher had like like five DUIs and had to ride a bike all over town. The irony, too, because don't most gym teachers teach driver's ed? This one wasn't allowed to. <laughs> Oh well, that's, my that's god! That's probably good. He he was hilarious, but uh, he was a weirdo. Okay, they allowed him to teach in a school still after getting DUIs. Jesus. Okay, well let's put it this way: all the high school kids said he had like five DUIs, okay. and that's why he that's... rode a bike everywhere. There was okay. no official reports. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to believe it for the sake of yeah, comedy. fucking urban legend, man. Let it <laughs> let it live. Let it ride. Exactly. That's uh, I you know, where I went to undergrad, there were a lot of people that went into physical education. It was a huge, like, gym athlete school. Yeah. And a lot of them wanted to teach phys ed. Do you know there was, a, there was a shortage of gym teachers in a few states, like, 10, 15 years ago? I'm probably getting the dates wrong. Good Lord. There was a shortage of gym teachers. And don't get me wrong. They have, they have uh, like, the same type of, they, they need certification. They need all that stuff. I'd love to make the same pay that I make now and teach, and teach gym. gym. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, nothing against job. good gym teachers. It's just like you get to teach about health. You get to teach about uh, physicality. Yeah. Um, you can play games if you want. I with like the working students. out. Yeah, you can play games with a student. You get to work out with the students. And then uh, you hang out with them. You, you be bros. That'd be a great job. Shout out to the gym teachers. I mean, we, we don't get it, but shout out to gym teachers. <laughs> no, yeah. We have... Uh, <laughs> Our uh, one of our gym teachers, he um, also does the programming, so he mm-hmm. does all the schedule changes for all the students. Yeah, he's got it tough. Like he, like, mad respect. Cause sure, he's, he's juggling a lot of fucking plates. Was your gym teacher a coach too, or was he a teacher uh, as far as like classroom teaching as well? Or uh, when I was in when you school? went to high school, yeah, uh, yeah, most of them were coaches. So like my uh, my football coach, we'll call him Dean. And it was actually weird because he, he was let go from the head football coach mm-hmm. position at one point, but he was still a gym teacher there for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, most of them, though, were involved in coaching in some way. All of them were for sure involved in driver's ed. Yeah. Um, I feel like it, they were trying to get the most bang for their buck, though. They had to do more than one thing to sure to fill the position. But All of our uh, track coaches, almost every single person who coached track taught driver's ed. Yeah. In my high school, yeah. It goes hand in hand, right? But my <laughs> my dad's history teacher when he was in high school in um, Texas in the 1950s and 60s was the football coach. And he mm. threatened my dad with an F in history and social studies Ooh. if he wouldn't play football. And he nearly killed my dad like one or two times Jesus. in high school. It was Texas high school football. And yeah. that's oh, Texas, that's why. Yep. That's definitely why. But yeah, shout out to all the gym teachers, right? We actually had... Um, at our school, I don't know who it was run by, um, but we had this sort of like motivational assembly, mm-hmm. and they just like cut the day short. They didn't do shortened periods in preparation. They just cut the day short 
So like the last third of the school day just didn't exist for this assembly. And I, I eventually left because the mics were way too loud and they were clipping and I, I thought I was going to lose an ear. Mm-hmm. But it was basically this group that would dance and like blast like dubstep. Okay. So now my tip of music, like do, do something good. Like, what you, that's exactly what you want at 3 p.m. Yeah. On right. a Thursday. After yeah. a long ass day. Was, uh, yeah. But they would just um, blast stuff, and they were they were just trying to get the kids hyped about you know the motivational speaker coming on. I'm not going to say the name of the the motivational speaker. Was it an outside hire or was it a teacher? Oh, 100 percent outside hire. Okay, cool. Uh, cool. There's no way any of us could have pulled that off after a long day. But, okay, but I didn't see the point of it. Like it looked like it was from the office. Like some guy would like dance and be like, and then when he was done, he'd be like, "I used to be nothing, and now I'm dancing in front of you. You could do anything you want." Listen to your teachers and go to college. That's what you want? Like, like what happened? Like, how did we get there? Like, if you did whatever you set your mind to by not going to college, how am I supposed to believe that going to college will get ex- me to where exactly. I want? Exactly. And one of them said, like... If that's not what I want, okay. One of them was able to say, like, I created this company that sells motivational speaking and has <laughs> dancers. So, like, that I get. So, what I'm saying is go to the top of the pyramid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, that I understand, though. Uh-huh. He had some sort of message for, you need to apply yourself. But saying... I was in jail, and then I got out and decided I'm going to dance. And he does some dancing. You should go to college. Like, what the hell does that have to do with what you're... Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, That's you should go I to thought. college. Yes, you should pursue education. But uh, if you want to go to school for dancing, go to school for dancing. Right. Well, see, and I'm also of the mind, they kept preaching, and all schools preach, you know, college, college, college. Sure. I don't think that's necessary. That's understandable too. I I think trade schools, vocational schools, and even the people that they want to work a retail job and work up the chain, do what you want. I think as long as you have the skills, Mm -hmm. obviously as an educator, I want people to get, you know, further education, but I I think we discount those jobs, right? I have many feelings about this. Now that I'm starting to work in a (laughs) large corporate retail job, I'm, I'm, Bottom of the rung retail. The people that want to stay in retail, every bone in my body wants to yell, fucking go to college. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? You have so much more potential than yeah. than this. But on the other hand, from the outside <laughs> looking in, I'd probably be like, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like um, the show New Girl. I love that show. Favorite show. So like Nick Miller, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't finish law school, but he passed the bar. Mm-hmm. He's happy being a bartender. You're like, oh, but you have this potential. But... If he's happy in what he wants to do, you know what I mean? But spoiler alert, he reaches more of his potential later on in the series. Yes, he does. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. No, no, I get it. Fuck it. Uh, I get it. No, I get it. Spoiler alert for for New Girl. He winds up moving up the chain. He buys part of the bar, and then he starts to get more of it. Then he manages it, and he becomes a big shot. I just, yeah. As someone who was constantly told that they are wasting their potential in the sixth grade, um. (laughs) That You're fucking up, kid. That teacher just, might have been more mean than I thought. You're just like, I just want food and snacks. And yeah, lunch is my favorite subject. I, I like, hate You're fucking up. I hate science, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm 12. Uh, I don't. I, it, and her education is a weird thing. Where it's like you can do so much more than you think you can. And yeah, I don't know. It's practical. Like, there's parts of it that I still find practical and. Why do you have to be the lowest rung for so many years? Why don't you try to own the company at some point? Sure. 
Speaking of, you mentioned you didn't like science in middle school. Mm-hmm. I used to definitely leave in elementary school. If you were in like fourth or fifth grade, you got to get out early to escort the first, the kindergartners, first graders, and second graders that got to leave earlier. That's you cool. To, you had to like help them cross the street until the end of the school day. That's awesome. And I did help them cross the street. Okay. One time, I just kept going afterward. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would do. Uh, I think I told this once in the podcast. My mom caught on. She's like, another early release. So I would eventually just like walk around a little bit longer to like not go home right away. But fucking rebellious, man. <laughs> fucking I don't rebellious. even, I wonder how I did in science that year. Yeah. So what is, I, I'm here pouring out my heart of how horrible of a student I was. What were you like See, in grade I, in high school? Oh, I think in middle the, school. Yeah. I, I had this belief at one point that uh, I, I really think it was scientific not scientifically mathematically proven there was a phenomenon where i only did well in math on really the even number years of yeah hell yeah of, i get that i youth. get that yeah and, and and it wasn't i didn't realize it till like seventh grade that i was like you know, this is a bad year again you know what last year was good the year before that was bad <laughs> the year before that was good what is this pattern uh-huh uh-huh uh, and then in high school it just varied on the on the teacher but no, I was, um, I think I was a good student on paper. I didn't put my full effort in most of the time. Sure. Like I had like the, the high honor roll, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing, get the medal at the end for graduation. But if you had told me that it was based on like your effort, like I, I was basically going to check off the boxes, do what I had to do and then leave at the end of the day, mm-hmm. which is, I think why. I use that to, if there's a kid that flies under the radar, I'm going to start to like pay more individual attention when I can. Sure. Um, well, I, I think you kind of hinted at it just a, in passing a little bit where it's like effort. Yeah. It means the world. Oh yeah. And that's mostly what grades are is yeah. a reflection of effort. Yeah. Um, which I think is good. I don't think that's a bad thing, but I, I honestly, I was kind of scared though, like entering into to grad school. I was thinking, did yeah. I get by? you know, elementary, middle, high school, and undergrad simply by being a good student by, you know, it's like in high school, when I was in school, sometimes, well, not high school, early on, it was if you see the bold letters, memorize that definition, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I was worried when I went into grad school where I knew it would be more analytical thinking and abstract. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, am I going to have the intellectual (laughs) skills? Or am I just relying on, like, have I been playing the game of being a good student for so long? Yeah. And yeah, now yeah. it's going to catch up with me. That's so funny. I had something similar. Oh, you, that must be, um, so many people must feel that way then. Because they're just like, maybe everyone just has this, uh-oh. <laughs> Are they going to catch on? <laughs> like, <laughs> I tricked him for this Am long. I going to get screwed? Um, I wonder if I still am. Maybe I just tricked them that, like. You just, the ma the ma you after my name it. Just, you just got like uh oh number one con they're gonna come they're gonna come back and uh, take that <laughs> away from you we knew what you did yeah <laughs> no I honestly I I wasn't even reassured of that until I passed comps because mm-hmm. comps that's when and even comps is kind of a mm-hmm. it's not the greatest barometer of intellectual thinking it's it's being a good student still but the way that I entered into it and thought about it. Mm-hmm. That's when I started to realize, okay, I don't think it's just me playing the game of being a good student. So that was kind of reassuring. Did you did you ever compare yourself a lot to students, to um, other people in your classroom? In the cohort? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, all the time. I said this on the podcast, I think, out of all of us because we were in a history ed program. Mm -hmm. I think I am on the bottom rung (laughs) as far as historian skills. I feel the exact same way. Okay. See, I would think, but your philosophy, and I I think I make up for it. Do you want to spend your whole day in an archive? (laughs) <laughs> Let me See, just put it that way. That's exactly why I think I'm one of the weak. Like, uh, yeah, when we had archival stuff, it didn't so much like it would interest me if it was like medical files or something like that. But something I that you wanted to study, sure. Yeah, but like people that they just they had a topic that they were told look into this for the sake of doing this reading. I couldn't get into it, and so I think where I made up my ground was my strength in. That sounds cocky. I don't mean it that way. My uh, my teaching element. I think sure. that's what close the gap um the good thing is i think i faked it well enough because (laughs) everyone was like oh no i don't think that at all they could be lying to me though sure i i i I don't know it's been hard because this past year i'm like oh i think i hate just sitting in an archive like i just (laughs) the idea of it's like like i'm starting to reassess like who i kind of am maybe it's a little meta but it's like Mm -hmm. i think i'm a teacher first I'm a historian, like third, <laughs> like yeah, I, like third or fourth, like wait, what's second? <laughs> political junkie. I don't know. There you go. Um, there you go. Avid TV watcher is like third. No, um, uh, no. Let's be real. That's that's uh, half. That's before. That's the first point thing. five. Yeah, before the one. Yeah. Um, shout out to Netflix. But I, I think yeah, big <laughs> sh- big shout outs. Shout out to the uh, student raid on Hulu. Um, yeah, but and maybe that's why I was so drawn to the program because Mm -hmm. a lot of the people that were in our classes at a lot of times were PhD students. And I'd feel like you were there. Um, when I first got to class, it reminded me of an undergrad where I could just talk and talk and talk and flounder around. And my teachers would never stop me. My professors would never stop me. And then I got to grad school and I was like, I have to stop. Like I have to (laughs) shut up more. And I'd compare myself to PhD students and I'd be like, that is a more perfect way of my thought that I was thinking. And that person's better at <laughs> I, yeah. how I'm saying what I'm saying. See, I, I think I'm guilty of doing that too. Mm-hmm. But I also, after the first week of like shock and awe for like a fifth year PhD student that's read the book two times, you didn't realize you thought they picked it up like a half hour ago. And you're like, holy shit. How uh-huh. did you know? You know, uh-huh. uh, but after a while you start to pick out the patterns and you realize this guy's full of shit. This lady doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. He just looked it up on the internet. Uh-huh. This guy just asked the professor beforehand, and that guy's just a fucking kiss-ass with Google. That's what I started to realize. I think I'm the kiss-ass with Google. But um, <laughs> one of the best mistakes I ever made in my life was accidentally going to the open house. Or not the open house, but the... Um, oh, what the fuck is the word? The... Um, this is the, the, the holiday thing. It was the holiday thing. thing. It's the like welcome meeting for grad students. Oh, the the lunch uh, Get benefit to thing, something like that. Where it's, they announce your name as the new grad students for the year, and they. Uh, stuff. I don't even know if it was that formal. In all honesty, well, that's good. But it was like August. It was like the week or two before school started. But I thought it was for all all grad students, masters and PhD. But it was just for the PhDs. <laughs> And I'm sitting in this class and all of these kids are having these like hardcore conversations. I'm like, what the hell are they all talking about? (laughs) But one of the best things I heard was another PhD. He's like a fourth year PhD student at the time. He goes, look, you're going to go into these classes. You're going to feel like a fraud. You're going to feel like you don't know what you're talking about. But trust me, you're a historian. You're meant to be there, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. And I (laughs) thought it was advice for an MAT student, but it was advice for 
doctoral students and they were all like nice they all had the sense of like the oh, inside cool. scoop. so i'm like I, I did say i'm in the wrong room <laughs> i'm at the wrong event but uh that was really cool to hear because it's like you guys are just like me yeah. yeah i think we're all a little insecure about that then which could be good could be bad it, it maybe i don't know if it would be better if we all just shared it or <laughs> it's good that there's like some like you know, Wizard of Oz, like behind the curtain. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because we're all human. Anonymity. Yeah, it'd be great for some of those professors though that were just a complete asshole. There's only I'm thinking of one. Um, it would have been great though to know what was behind the curtain with that. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely some comparing. Um, well, that's that's it's good to hear because yeah. um, I maybe I think I've hopefully I've gotten better at it because. You have to build up your self concept. Be like, I'm supposed to be here. Like, I'm mm-hmm. meant to be here. There's a great Micro Biglia quote about a stand up where he's just like, "You have to lie to yourself for a while before yeah. you just get good at it, and <laughs> that's okay because you can't keep going if you just don't lie to yourself for a minute." Yeah, yeah. No, I get that though. Uh huh. I'm thinking back to like ele- elementary school. I was definitely a real shitty student though. Yeah. Um. Like, I can't even lie to myself and say, like, yeah, well, yeah, I was supposed to be there because you're supposed to be there in elementary school. But uh, the most minimal effort, like, my, I'm sure my sisters were perfect elementary students. Mm-hmm. I was not because I just wanted to get done. Like, there would be, like, when you're practicing, you know, like, your penmanship, because that was a thing back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, we were doing the letter T, and I wanted to play Legos. And so I just did a bunch of vertical lines, and then I just connected them all with a <laughs> horizontal line. And well, that is... That's efficiency, man. How the fuck did I not know about these tricks? <laughs> well, I made it so hard on myself. Well, and then my, my teacher saw it like right away after I handed it in because I was done in like two minutes or whatever. And she's like, you need to redo this. <laughs> and so rather than just doing it right, then yeah. I took an eraser and I erased all the connections between <laughs> like the 45 T's that had one fucking line. Am I not that smart? I would have <laughs> never thought about that. No, see, it didn't to this work. day, I wouldn't think about that. <laughs> it didn't work. I got my ass chewed out. <laughs> Uh, by that's my a mom, good teacher. By my te- yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. She cared. Uh, she's a great, uh, I, great teacher, though. I can remember when I started to hate school. It was like second, and then, then like fourth grade. Really? I just had a, I had a. God, she was a piece of work. <laughs> uh, I'd get in trouble for stuff like, but I didn't even do anything, and I really hadn't done anything, and she was just so mean. <laughs> she was so mean, and it, and I was just like, all right, well, I'm just gonna, well, fuck you, I'm just gonna fail. <laughs> Like <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Showed, that showed you horrible planning, and it stuck with me till I was twenty-two years old. But <laughs> yeah, it was art. I'm convinced there's some students that think. So I've had some students that they just don't come after you know some disagreement with me, mm-hmm. and I'm convinced they're like, "Yeah, that'll show you, you fucker. I'm gonna fail." And absolutely, that, show, it's the worst logic. As, as a person who had that logic. Yes, that's how we feel. It does show you. I mean, it it concerns me. Like, yeah, I'm going to think about you for a little bit and think, what can I do? But take a a second, realize. I'm also, that makes me think about the legacy, not the legacy, the memory that they'll have of me. Mm -hmm. For like some students, they're not going to remember who the fuck I am Mm -hmm. in five years, 10 years, especially 25 years. There's some that might like me and remember me that way. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's definitely the ones that fucking hate me and they're going <laughs> to, they're going to become something in spite of me, even though I don't think I've ever done any, like I, I've never spoken negatively to a student, you know, but I've never like, uh, who was, uh, is it Biggie? 
saying this is for all the teachers uh-huh. who told me I'm never going anywhere. Yeah. I have never done that ethically and because i don't want to wind up on someone's intro to their song hey, saying okay. this is for all the fucking this is so you have to be liked teacher. is what we're getting to we're getting to the depth of well, this kind of i want to always be a positive influence there's probably at least a dozen kids that fucking hate me because i've offered them structure and they think of it as he's out to get me that that's oppression that's that equality feels like oppression <laughs> yeah. um you know, we were we were out drinking after class one night, and we were just kind of bullshitting, like, "What kind of teacher do you think I'm going to be? What kind of teacher do you think I'm going to be?" And, and they just want to hear the good answer. Right? Yeah, they're just like, and to me, they all go like, "You're going to be the cool teacher." I'm like, "Cool? Like, uh, like is that good? Do you yeah. mean am I not going to be a good teacher? Like, <laughs> am I going to be the one that everyone starts rumors that he smokes pot in his car, even though I do not? Yeah, like that's <laughs> like, a bad. Yeah, that's a shitty balance to try to go between. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of teacher. I am because sometimes I feel like I I run like a collegial you know room of uh-huh. thinkers. Other times I feel like I'm the fucking biggest pain in the ass because they can't calm down and do like a bell ringer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean this because I'm three beers in, and I mean this with the utmost respect. All right, you seem like a like a manager at a Baker Square trying to rally his troops there we go to serve pies at one in the morning i like it cool i like it manager to baker square <laughs> that's I'm your gonna, that's your persona i'm gonna get like angry and like yell for the first time be like make the fucking pies like they're not gonna know what you're talking about no not a don't not you a guys listen clue. to classroom brew okay <laughs> yeah i'm definitely no, they're a hard tangent um i'll tell them about it after they graduate Okay, another fear. Let's you can cut out everything up until my fears because I know that's what you wanted to talk. <laughs> we'll to just me about. we'll just split it and put yep. it right at the beginning. It'll, it's a two even hour though, long episode. You know there will be slurring on the second part, and the first part Ex- will be perfect. Exactly. Um, I I always had this worry that I never wanted to teach high school because it felt like I never. That means I never really got over it, and I never really processed high school. <laughs> so I'm still always going to be a teenager trying to work through stuff. I was in my head a lot as a twelve. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, but it was like all those like teachers that I that I had probably hung out with in high school that I thought like this teacher's cool. I like hanging out with them. I was like. Does, do you really want to be cool to 14 year olds? Like, do you really want to be cool to like 17 year olds? Like, is that yeah. really your life's ambition? Yeah, it's kind of like, weird when you put it that way. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I might be overanalyzing, but it was just like, <laughs> no such thing. I, I don't want to, I, I, I have to be an adult. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, <laughs> this is where Beth would come in last yeah. semester, like the first yeah. semester and be like, oh, you're fine. Like, yeah. she would, she was the most humbling presence because she'd be like, Oh, shut up. Like, you're fine. And I'm like, oh, thank you. That's really what I need. We got it. See, I'm, I'm, I want to have Beth on again and see how she's doing. We need, like, an update. We need an update, um, yeah. Especially if you listen to some of the stuff that mm-hmm. uh, that episode, I don't remember the number, but that was They Call Me Anne Frank. I'll let you decide mm. who you think said that quote for that title. But, mm. yeah, I hope I hope she's doing well. Uh, shout out to Beth. We're going we're gonna to have Beth on soon we again. Gotta, we got to. I miss her. Which I think. This would be yeah, I miss her too. I feel like I just saw her though. But mm-hmm. Beth, come on soon. But um, she and I, she and I would commiserate after class because we had class together twice a week. That's uh, yeah, that's that right. First semester and uh, that's right. It was so great to be like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you All had right. you guys had to put up with a lot of extra stuff that mm-hmm. we didn't because you guys were in the very the extra. Yeah, which well, that kind of uh, that's kind of where I wanted to to go with this. So you mentioned earlier before we started recording, you're not sure if teaching is, well, actually you're, you're pretty confident that teaching is not your end 
goal. And yeah. so I was actually curious because you're a pre-service teacher. You're going through all the hoops and valleys and peaks and all that stuff of getting your license, getting the degree, all of that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, teacher burnout, though. The staggering percentage of teachers that are no longer in the profession or they leave their first school within the first year or two is yeah. crazy high. I, I don't even know. I'm not going to make up a stat. Uh, I'm honestly just curious. So, like, I, I definitely see where burnout could happen, especially, like, in a tough school, inner city school, wherever it is that you're having a tough time, uh, suburban schools that, you know, have a really difficult climate, whether it's related to the kids or it's the admin, whatever. What do you think your breaking point would be? Or what's your transition after teaching? Like, what do you want to move it into? Sure. What's your goal? So, like, like I said, this was, like, a very quick dream that had happened very swiftly doesn't mean it's not something that i'm happy to be pursuing but maybe i'm just blissfully ignorant about all that (laughs) and maybe i'm a stupid idiot that it's going to hit me hard one day um you know the whole idea of having like a hard principle um hasn't really crossed my mind a whole lot um maybe it should maybe i should be more worried about that um the idea of having hard students would be where the burnout rate comes because yes Mm -hmm. culturally i you know like there's always that stereotype of teachers, you know, getting burned out by students who just won't listen. So mm. that's like something that's been, oh yeah, something more in the back of my mind about like, oh, that's going to be very hard, whatever. Um, but as far as like things beyond it, um, I, 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 you know, working in the public's in the public sphere, I, I, I don't like being. One thing that has being a philosophy undergrad kind of helped me is that I'm not tied to any one field. I don't have an accounting degree, so I can only do accounting. I don't have a, a teaching certificate where I can only teach in certain areas of the school, you know, of the state or, you know, only in certain places. So I like right. that, uh, not ambiguity, but that fluidity that I can kind of move around. And um, I, I like being able to have a lot of options. I love stability. I love having some sense of like, stable income and you know a stable life family life home life all that kind of stuff but i have a lot of different interests and it might change every few years i i like having the idea of being able to move around right, right, right. i i that's why i really like the liberal arts um because i definitely like the idea of maybe i want to do something corporate in really? like 10 to 20 years okay you know maybe yeah. i want to go i want to study economics and i want to get an mba or I want to go into political science, or I want to, you know, help run a nonprofit or something. I I don't know. And I talk about this with my mom a lot. I came from a background where it it had to be like almost seventy to eighty percent of the people that I grew up with, like families that I grew up with, had to have a master's degree. Mm-hmm. I I it was just a normal thing. And right. having this kind of like ability to just say i'm gonna do whatever i want like i just this isn't <laughs> there are gonna be no barriers for me yeah like fuck that norm yeah what i want i'm gonna and and it's and maybe that's part of my privilege but why can't i have that like why can't i have <laughs> that idea to like i'm gonna do whatever i put my mind to and it'll just yeah. get done like i have to work hard and do it but uh okay this year i'm gonna help run a company with my buddy because he's a weirdo yeah. so i'm gonna help him. well like my department head uh, she's been pretty upfront. She's thinking about getting out of teaching after nine, 10 years because mm-hmm. she is tired. She, she's good at it. She knows that she's good at it too, but she knows she wants to move on because she's just burnt out. Yeah. Well, I don't know. She's, I think with the climate that we have and the kids that we have that has burnt her out and I think she's ready to move on. So, and 
pardon my ignorance, but what is what burns them out? I think uh, having to constantly tell kids stop doing that, having to constantly fill out paperwork and appease higher ups. I think it boils down to the climate made by the admin. So okay. there are some schools, um, like there's some schools in like Alabama that are really struggling. And it's whatever is allowed to happen or whatever is because it's always there's the one kid that starts it and then it's allowed to happen. And uh-huh. then other kids are like, oh, that looks like fun. I know I'm one theory that I've kind of always had in the back of my mind is like the German school model of education where one of the big things and I I, pardon me if I'm getting it wrong, but I think this is what it was. I don't know enough about German. education. You you just let the bad kids just act out and you never acknowledge it. Mm. You just let it happen. And apparently this is, you know, a flimsy educational theory that I've heard, but it's like we go by the British school where it's like reprimanding and um, discipline and all that, all that stuff. And I, part of me is like, do we, what's the better way? What, you know, is it, I don't know. Yeah. And I think about that a lot. Um, not a lot. I'm not a weirdo, <laughs> but, uh, every day, you know, every day, at, every day at, uh, 1130 when I wake up and how oh, did you know? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's just a hard thing to kind of, uh, reckon with. Yeah. Uh, because are you encouraging the behavior by constantly, Maybe it's just acknowledging it or or they they want the reaction or they want to get in trouble mm-hmm. or they're crying for help or do you just let it go? Well, and I know I, I had a job interview where uh, it was a mock demo lesson, which, by the way, I do not like doing. Mm-hmm. But this one, it was actually the assistant principal. She was tapping her pencil to be, like, obnoxious. And before I had a chance to, like, address it because I was like, I know they want me to address that because I can hear it and it's annoying me the fake student, which was like the other assistant principal was like, can you fucking stop that to her? And I was like, mm, you're just trying to like push it. Cause you know, I have to address it and you're making me uncomfortable and it's not real. And you're actually an adult. It, it's a person. Yeah. Cause there, there are things that it's like, why would I bother taking the time to address it? But then I also have, there's one student in particular that I'm thinking of that he can start a circus show if he wants to mm-hmm. in, in whatever class period he's in. And if I don't either send him out or, address it or give him some sort of a you know consequence right then and there he'll go the whole time it's a you're pain. giving me flashbacks to me in high school <laughs> this yeah no no yeah okay but yeah no i could see that yeah it's but that's um it's, gotta be hard it's a pain in the ass it's a tough you, balance you just like you said you want to acknowledge it but you also like right like why would i give more attention to it but i don't know I'll, I'll probably struggle with that one depending on the school I'm in and the yeah. class I'm in for till the day I retire. Do you, do you think that um, the smarter the students, the easier the class and the happier the teacher? Oh, absolutely not. One of my more gifted classes really? is the most. Really? Like I have a class that struggles, diverse learners. It's co-taught because of the diverse needs. They come in, they do their bell ringer, they're quiet. I, I have to struggle to get them to talk to each other seventh period class oh so that's a different problem you have a hard time getting them engaged well and that that's just one class there's some classes where it's the exact opposite or they just don't engage and they're obnoxious my higher level group they've sort of been appeased and they know they have some sort of status and Mm -hmm. they're just a boatload of fun to try to get them to calm down when they walk in just transition time is tough for them wow okay that that kind of debunks my theory that i had when i was in high school yeah there's there's no formula to uh, happy there's always something. wow okay okay i i knew a teacher who was he was a bit of an asshole but he got to 
he kind of had this freedom to teach kind of whatever he wanted, but he had got stuck with like a remedial course. Mm. He was so unhappy. It was like he wanted to start drinking at seven in the morning. <laughs> like, but as soon as he got to his smart classes, his mood changed. Yeah. 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 So, okay. I could see cool. that. Yeah. It just depends. That's tricky. Well, I hope I hope it covered everything you wanted to. I I think so. I'm kind of looking it over. But hey, here here's the good thing. If you ever wanted to, well, would you ever want to be back on? Yeah, I would be happy. If, if you want to have me back on after this interview, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll happily come back on. I think it went well. I'm I'm happy with it. Cool. It should be good. Well, um, this was was episode nine mm-hmm. of Classroom Brew. Please make sure uh, that you check out Classroom Brew on Instagram at Classroom Brew. There's a YouTube channel. Uh, just look up Classroom Brew. There's some preview videos, a few full-length episodes, and then, of course, the big ones, Google Play, the iTunes, and the podcast app. Uh, that's where you're going to actually get the, the biggest bang for your buck. That's where this app is the most popular right now. Please make sure you rate and review. Spread the word. Uh, we're potentially going to be featured uh, on some sort of a podcast promoting uh, site, uh, so that should be cool. We'll network a little bit there. Uh, and that should be good. That's uh, awesome. Matt, did you have anything that you wanted to, to kind of plug or anything? Or um, No, by plugging this podcast, it's a pretty cool platform. Uh, Thank you. It's, it's a very cool concept, and I hope more people learn about it. And um, register to vote and vote. <laughs> and um, Spread your voice. Al Franken did his best. I hope he... Uh, I don't know what we have to do with him yet. That's a dark. Good luck, guys. (laughs) All right. Well, anyways, um, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh, and Matt, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, guys.